Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode, episode 87. Who would have thought that? Of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast, where we're trying to give you some actionable items, right? We're staying away from theories and what people may think, but trying to give you some actionable plays to take into your contact center, improve your agent experience, improve the quality and the whole point of this is to improve the customer experience as well. How's everybody doing? My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. We're a 500-plus seat call center outsourcer located here in, in beautiful fall, Erie, Pennsylvania. Well, as I talk to you guys here, it's 10-16-2020, uh, it's so it's October 16th. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful fall Friday. I've had an ex- just an amazing week this week of just we, we've had a ton of RFPs and a ton of things that we're bidding on and, and to be able to talk to a bunch of potential clients and, and had a couple client reviews and I, I that's what I really love you know I love the operations side I love talking to clients and, and kind of feeling the the vibe of of kind of how they're seeing things going seeing how the industry's going so it's kind of cool to take a breath uh, do a podcast episode be able to talk to you guys here on a Friday pretty cool. I have a funny story for you, and I want to thank so many of you that that were that kind of took part of this. If if you guys didn't know or, or if you weren't aware, I did a webinar on actually yesterday was Thursday, and you know I had a bunch of of you guys text me afterwards to say, "Hey, we just wanted to Tom let you know that we represented the the Geek Nation." So you know I I really appreciate that. I guess. You know, some of you are kind of, you know, we're rolling with that kind of Geek Nation kind of <laughs> kind of deal, which is pretty cool. So I appreciate you guys that are following and, and listening to me when I go on some webinars or some other podcasts. You know, it does mean the world to me that that we're actually trying to add some value. And, and you guys, are, I think, are seeing some of the value in some of the things that we're doing. And hopefully you're improving your operation and, and we can have a small piece of that. So for you guys to kind of reach out in that way and, and kind of, you know, I had a couple text messages and I had a couple from the community and I had a couple uh, DMs on LinkedIn. So pretty cool. So thank you guys so much for for the love that you guys have been given and kind of the respect back that hopefully, uh, you know, we're trying to earn from from all of you guys out there. So today, what I wanted to talk to you on the podcast is something that I've steered away from because I thought it was closer to selling. Right. And I don't want to sell it all on this thing. I want to just provide value and provide, you know, ways to improve your call center. But, you know, there's actually, I'm not going to use her last name, but, but Lindsay and a, 
couple other people, you know, there's been three or four people that have, you know, asked some questions on, hey, you know, Tom, we're thinking about sourcing. Can you give us some advice on, you know, how to manage the partner, right? How does, how should that relationship work? What are some things that we should look out for? What are there some things we should implement? And and how should that relationship go? So what I wanted to kind of do today on the, on the podcast is I've talked to all of my client services managers and kind of, you know, gotten some input from them. Obviously, I have a lot of experience in in this, but it was kind of nice to hear from from some of them as well on some of their their tips on on making these relationships really work well. Um, so this is kind of my, I guess, the, our our episode here, and, and we'll do a blog post and kind of do some written work on this too on on how to really maintain and and or I guess start and maintain a, a really good vendor relationship when you're looking to outsource the 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 call center or your call center operations cuz it's scary, right? You know, a lot of you I know you you feel like you're giving up power or you're you're giving up uh you know the experience that your customers are going to receive to to a third party. So it's really important that that you manage that relationship well and and that that partnership really becomes a partnership, right? So that's my number one tip, and, and I'm not going to count these down or tick them off because I have a bunch of them. And every time I try to do this live, I look at my notes and I'm like, oh, was I on four? Was I on five? I always screw up the counts. So I'm just going to, in no particular order, um, I want to give you guys some things that I think can help when you're looking to outsource or how to handle that that partner relationship is. Number one is, guys, you can't treat us, and I'm going to say myself, in my industry, the BPO industry, you can't treat us like a vendor, right? It's too important of a relationship, right? This isn't a software vendor that you're buying a piece of software from. This is someone who's speaking to your customers. There has to be a give and take and an ebb and flow to the relationship. You really have to treat them as a partner or as an extension of your business. If you're going to go in there with a with a kind of the, the stick mentality, Right where if they screw up or they make a mistake or they you don't like something you're going to come down on them hard, that re, that relationship or that partnership is not going to work. Right, so there has to be some give and take, and it's a little bit of a different relationship than than a vendor uh, client relationship. It's got to be more than that to be successful. You know, when it was pre COVID, you need to go visit them. They need to visit you. You need to go out to dinner. You need to to develop a relationship that's on a human level beyond. Beyond a little bit of just that vendor relationship, you know, you can keep a professional and that's totally fine. Um, but it should form if you're picking the right vendor into, into a business friendship, right? Not a personal friendship, but a, a, a business friendship. And if you can get to that, that's the, the kind of the core of this. So I want to start with this because I think a lot of the things I'm going to talk about are going to build up to how to get to that point. But that needs to be at least the mentality that you have going into the relationship. Um, we, it, it's difficult. It's more difficult of a relationship when we deal with larger clients, right? Larger clients have procurement agents and they have, you know, vendor managers and they, they're kind of more of a hands-off deal. And you need to work that a little bit more. Like, and I'm talking you, meaning the call center operator, the BPO. Smaller organizations, I don't want to say are better, but they're maybe a little bit more fun or a little bit easier to work with, right? Because they might have that that I don't want to say mom and pop relationship, but they have a little bit of a of a tender, more of a tender side, if that makes sense, right? So you can kind of get to that 
that partnership level quicker than you can, than we can with a larger organization. But when you can get, speaking again for myself, when when my company can get to a partnership relationship for a really large organization, which we do all the time, you know, that's when that's when really special things can happen. And and it's it's a really cool thing. But all right, so let me give you some other kind of tips now that I've kind of pontificated on that, but I just think that's the the core of this is number one is you need to be part of the initial training, right? So uh, make sure that you and your team are doing the training with the BPO for that first group of agents. Now, let's say you're going to onboard 180 agents or 200 agents. I'm not saying you got to onboard every class, but you need to be a part of that first three or four classes. So, you know, we can do a train the trainer model. That's important. You should do a train the trainer, but still be a part of that initial couple classes coming out. Pre-COVID, we would say we want you on site as well for the launch. I think it's important as much as you can be a part of the launch, whether that is now uh, being on a on an IM or a, a video call with all the reps right before you go live, being a part of that is really important. So I think the client should be a part of the relationship and, and really lead the training, lead that launch with the BPO partner at the beginning. Now, you don't have time and you pay the BPO partner to kind of take it from there, right? So those trainers, those dedicated trainers should be able to then take that baton and, and train the, the the next classes or any type of attrition training that's going to happen. They should be able to deal with it. And maybe they want to bring you in to do an introduction, which I think is really important. You know, those kind of things so that they the reps should always be able to put a face right with the client, right? They should be able to at least know who you are. So you don't want to be really standoffish where you're just dealing with, you know, a, a client services manager, but you want to have your your hand a little bit into that training, know who the reps are, know, know who the names are. Um, you want to make sure that there's one point of contact for your BPO partner, right? So you want to have at least a, a client services manager that we call it our lead, and then we have a backup. And that's kind of what you want, right? So you don't want to have to talk to somebody else if you have a production issue and talk to some, you know, one else in the in the organization if there's an IT issue. And if you have a rep issue, you go to this person. You don't want to do any of that. Some organizations do that. Some of the big call centers will make you like put a trouble ticket in, right? And then they'll kind of get to it. Like you don't want any of that. So make sure when you're dealing with a partner that you have a kind of one point of contact, that person that you can form that relationship with, that you can pick the phone up, that has a you know, a 15 minute to 30 minute SLA to anything that you have if you send an email, um, and which is another kind of the, the next tip is make sure that, again, we don't want to micromanage our BPO partner, but at least understand that there's going to be a, a 15 to 30 minute SLA if you send something. Right? If you send an email, there's going to be a response to you within 15 minutes. That phone should be always picked up. You know, and if there's not, if the 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 client services manager with your partner is on the phone, right, which is going to happen a lot, that you know, within a 15 to 20 minute window, you're going to get a phone call back. So set those parameters early. I'm not saying you got to do it in a contract, but there should be a, a understanding and a conversation that says, hey, if I call you, I need a call back within 30 minutes. And and most BPO partners will, will will kill that time, right? They'll do it way before that if they don't answer it or roll right to a secondary person. Um, but just you know, that's something to to kind of kind of think about. 
Um, you want to do weekly calibration sessions, right? I think it should be weekly. Some some people go you know go bi weekly, but I think it's important to at least once a week uh, sit down and either whether it be recorded or live calls and, and have a calibration session with your team and the BPO partner so that you guys are on the same page, so that you know when you're going to get a report and you're going to get a QA report that a 90 is a 90 and you feel comfortable that that 90 is for real, right? If you don't do calibration sessions, they can be all over the map. What you think is a 90, maybe the partner thinks is a 78, or what you think is a 78, the partner thinks is a 92, right? So there can be issues there that you need to make sure that you're scoring things in the same mentality in the same way so that you're feeling very comfortable that their culture and what they're doing from a from a QA standpoint is the same thing that you guys would would do internally. Another tip I think is to make sure that there is a, an issues or an escalation process. Now I'm not talking about if there's a call that needs to be escalated to your your call center maybe internally because you you might do tier 2 or tier 3. I'm talking about if there is a rep issue, right? Cuz it's going to happen. It's going to happen in your internal call center. So if you know a rep just loses it or if there's an maybe it's not the rep but it's a caller who's irate and who's you know using foul language and it's just that one off call that something's going on there that needs to get to the client um you need to have a process for that within a certain amount of time whether it's 12 hours or 24 hours there needs to be a whole written um procedure on what happened that needs to be sent to the client sent to you so that you guys can be on top of things, right? You want to make sure that your partner, if they make a mistake, right, they should be able to feel comfortable to come to you. This is a really important piece. If you treat someone like a vendor, then they're going to hide things from you because they're going to be afraid of you. You don't want your call center partner to be afraid of you. You want to have an open relationship. So when when a mistake does happen, they're going to be able to bring that to you, understand that we're going to work through it together, if a rep needs to be let go or fired or whatever needs to happen, that's going to happen, right? But we're going to work through that thing together. And they know you are not going to come down on them and pull the program or find them or do you know do those types of things um, that, that a partnership really doesn't involve. So I think that's that's a really, really key um, key key thing. On top of the escalation, or I'm sorry, the the correlation calls. Um, you also want to have weekly status calls, right? Just a weekly catch up. Hey, you know, I know we talk probably once a day, but let's take this half hour, talk about where service levels are going, talk about where handle time is, talk about uh, any anything that we're seeing from call volume standpoint. Do we need to add more reps? You know, it's just kind of a, a take a step back and let's do a weekend review um, and see really what's happening and, and, and if everything is is status quo or if we need to make some some adjustments. To take that to the next level, I would suggest that you have your BPO partner do a quarterly review. And in this quarterly review, you're going to talk about, again, things like, okay, we've seen a, a kind of a macro level rise in call volume. You know, we may need to add headcount or we it might be the opposite. We've seen a drop in call volume. We might need to pull back some headcount or move some schedules around. Um, Talk about quality as an overall number. Talk about agent sentiment, customer sentiment, speech analytics. You're taking a look at the program at a real macro level, not really digging down to the rep level, uh, but seeing if any any type of big changes might need to be coming 
in the next quarter, in the next two quarters? What's going to happen during the the holidays? Do we need to start thinking about that? And, and really having a, a planning session that that is more in depth than just a weekly call or or those you know those calls that maybe you have every day, real quick, to, just to kind of catch up on things. Um, the other thing that I think is has really turned important with the work from home is is having an IM tool for the for the BPO partner that you can have a direct line to the supervisors, right? So that's for anything that is, you know, quick information like, hey, hey guys, we sent an email out. I forgot to tell you about that. You may be starting to get calls on this, right? Little things like that that you want to get to the floor really quick. Uh, the client services manager at your partner should know that as well, but it's a way that you can have a kind of a direct access to to the floor. Um, there's no reason anymore that, you know, everything has to have a, a, a veil, right? Have kind of a firewall between you and the actual operation going on on the floor. And you just have to deal with the client services manager. We still want to, you still want to really keep that manager involved, but there's now access and you should have access to, to the floor. You can't hammer them with a lot of stuff, but this is for quick changes, quick things that you want to make sure to get out because, you know, there could be some things that are, that are going on. And really the last thing is you, you need to be flexible. You need to be flexible with a partner. Everybody has a plan to get punched in the face, right? That was a, that was a Mike Tyson quote. So you're going to outsource. You're going to deal. You have a forecast. You have a plan. You do training. And things are going to change. And things are going to get hairy at some point. So just understand that, that the, the partner, if you chose the right one, is going to work. And they're going to they're gonna bend over backwards, right, to work for you to get things to the to where they need to be. Um, just make sure that you're being flexible with with them as well. I mean, I, I've been so lucky at my time here, you know, in our previous call center, and but especially here at Expedia, the clients that we have, they're unbelievable, right? They're great people. I've learned just as much from them, I think, as as what they've gotten from us. And those relationships they last through a COVID, right? They make a COVID happen because. <laughs> If if you had a client that just was a pain in the rear and COVID happens and you have to go from brick and mortar to home, right? There that client's going to start to be panicked. But those those people that you've really that have bent over backwards for you that have been awesome in that relationship, those are the ones that that BPO partner is really going to service first. So you can be a jerk to the partner, right? And and you can you know be proud of how tough you are. But, you know, when the rubber meets the road and things go wrong and, and you need some help, right, that's when you really want your BPO partner to be there for you. And the relationships really span that whole deal. So, again, make sure that you're treating that as a, as a partnership. I, I know I keep pounding on it. It's probably getting annoying in this podcast, but I can't say that enough. That's the number one reason why these relationships and why programs fail. It's just a, it's a lack of coordination and a lack of of understanding and flexibility between the the client and the and the BPO partner. So again, guys, that's that's kind of my rundown on that. I, I hope that that helps. I hope that that gives you some insights on on the mentality of of how you need to treat a BPO partner, but also on some of the things that you can do to protect yourself and some of the things that that partner should be able to provide for you to make sure that that the experience that you're having for your customers and for your your organization works. All right. So thanks, guys. Uh, real quick before I go, I want to just, again, a couple things. Please join our SMS texting community. It is blowing up. It's been awesome. I've been getting a ton of feedback. I'm giving 
exclusive content. It's a way for you guys to talk directly to me. I can help you in any way I possibly can. I don't charge anything for it. All you need to do is text call center to 814-247-0366. It'll get you all signed up. Anything I post, you're going to get. It's totally secure. Anything you post, no one sees other than me. Um, any questions, any comments, any issues you have. I've been able to help so many people. You know, we we had a couple of uh, sessions this week where I just, you know, we had an hour long session of of me, of you guys just being able to ask me questions or, or there was a couple of community members who just had some questions on, they were new to the call center operations industry and I was able to kind of, you know, just kind of guide a little bit. So anything I can help you guys with, I'm here for. Uh, please let me know. Please hook me up on, on on LinkedIn. Also, if you guys could please post some reviews on, on iTunes, I would uh, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It's Friday. Have a great weekend. I will talk to all you next week.